Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Travis and Sliwa yesterday, followed by, we got what, like four innings of Rockies Reds baseball. Yeah. And then after that, you had a fancy dinner hosted by Michael Thompson, John Ireland, Sedano, Trudell. Um, what was the highlight of the, the afternoon? The okay, evening? so so first off, um, really, really good group here. Okay, so um, it's Michael, it's Sedano, it's Trudell, Dave McMenamin as well. Nice. Uh, John, and uh, I think that's everybody. Yeah, that's everybody. So we go to the hotel, The you know how Michael is. Michael doesn't leave the hotel. So this is that's his thing. Man after my own heart. Michael is hosting the thing. We go. There's a little bit of – there's a bar before we're going to get to the actual restaurant. Sedano's already there. We're watching the Heat and the Celtics play, right? And then uh, Trudell comes, John comes, and then eventually we all go to the restaurant. Go to the restaurant. We walk all the way through the restaurant. There's this, like, back room. It's a, it's a huge table, and it's got glass, and the only thing on the other side of the glass is the entire kitchen. Oh, so, wow. Everybody is running around cooking. I'm obviously looking and saying, "No, no, no, guys! Let's you got to do this properly." Uh, I, you know, I'm 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 trying to help them, but we're sitting there. Only person in this entire room, it's Michael, and Michael. It's, it was actually very baller, like to see Michael just in the room that behind is. him, a couple bottles of wine just waiting there. Our server Austin talking to Austin as if he's they've known each other for 24 years. <laughs> they probably very, have. very baller for Michael Thompson. So we all sit down at uh, at the table, and um, Michael's the best man. He just uh, there's I'm kind of sitting at the center of the table. So to my right is John, to my left is McMenamin, across from me is BT Brad Turner, um, Sedano Trudell, and then Michael is you could say at the head of the table, but not really. He's just at the end of one of the table. We got Trudell brings his iPad so we could watch the uh, Celtics and the Miami Heat. You must game. have been in heaven. This sounds like something it's that's a fever dream of yours. No, listen. It, it, <laughs> You're surrounded was, by NBA people like you. Yep, You've got yep. a basketball game at the table on an iPad. You must have been in pig and slop. This okay. is only Woj was there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Damn, that is the only thing that was Now you ruined it, Emily. Woj bomb. How I dare you? I forgot about that. I was, I was in heaven. But, and here's the best part. Where I was sitting... I was like the center of two separate conversations. Oh, that's hard, so, by the way. Mc, no, no, this was good because McMenamin, uh, George, and um, and Trudell, very in-depth NBA conversations, making their own trades and where coaches are going to go. And then to my right was Michael and John talking about very random stuff and BT telling some of the best NBA stories that I've ever heard, which are hilarious and I can't repeat, but are just freaking hilarious. I was kind of in the I Sometimes I'd join into Dave and Sedano and Trudell's conversation. Other times I'd be like, all right, this conversation's over. I'm going over to my right here. I was like in the perfect seat to uh, to do a little bit of that. I never can keep track of either conversation when I'm in that spot. But right? that's like, perfect I, I don't, for me. Yeah, I I, I got to lean in. We, I, I have in-laws, right? So in-laws of in-laws. 
that they both they flank no matter where we are at dinner at home and one sits on my right one sits on my left they both start talking at the same time about two totally different things and neither one waits for the other one to stop talking it is an impossible way to track a conversation you're much better at it than i am sleep well i no, could can, never do it but here's why because you have attention to detail and you have a much bigger heart <laughs> me i have a short attention span. yes no so go ahead the short attention span allowed me to weave in and it's almost like I was changing the channel on TV, right? Like it's almost like I could go back from one channel to the other. I can watch the sports game and then I could leave and watch a movie. And I was just going back and forth from my left to my right. Can I tell you one of the, so well, you haven't gotten to the part that I care the most about the food. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Michael, it's so funny what he would get excited about. And Michael was excited. Like, you could tell he was happy to host everybody. You could tell Michael was excited to treat everybody, which is very, very appreciative. That's awesome. But Michael would say, you'd be like, uh, you got to have the crab soup. Everybody's got to have the soup. Crab soup for everybody. (laughs) For the table. (laughs) Listen, listen. It literally was that for the table. And then you'd see some people like, I don't want a crab soup, right? But Michael's like, everyone's having a crab soup, which, by the way, might have been the best crab soup that I've ever had. Uh, so in they a landlocked have, state? What's that? I said in a landlocked state like Colorado? I, I, I don't know what was going Rocky on there. Rocky Mountain but it crabs, Em. It was delicious. So do you want a little bit of the spread? I'm going to give yeah, you some hit, of the spread. Hit me quick. Okay. The It was actually Maryland crab soup, if I if I could be have some detail there. Was it there. a bisque? Um, it was a bisque. Yeah. yeah, it was a bisque. Mm-hmm. Uh, wedge salad. So sure. just all no, that. No one's ever hated that. Go ahead. Yep. Some charred Spanish octopus. Oh, go keep going. Yes. It, it, well, here's the funny thing. The, the, not everybody liked it. Like Michael wanted nothing to do. Emily with wants the local Denver octopus. She doesn't want it to be flown in from another place. <laughs> if it's not from Denver, I don't want it. <laughs> look, look what, what's it. a what's a farm to table right there in Denver. Well, uh, so you know, some people liked it, some people didn't. For the most part, I'm like, all right, more, oh, more, yeah, uh, more, uh, more octopus for me. And then uh, the the main dish uh, got a got a beautiful ribeye. Prepared. Um, I I got it prepared <laughs> medium. Got okay. it prepared medium. Did we get a Bernays on the side or anything? Was it just any so sort of upgrades? The, I. I, I, I Sides, we got some of the Brussels sprouts. There was no, 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 hold pot- on, we'll get to that in a second. Let's just- well, I, I, I was going to say, so I, I got Brussels sprouts. I got the whipped potatoes. I, I'm okay with. I didn't want any sauce or anything like that. I just kind of wanted to have my steak as is. So I had my my steak. That sounds as is. pretty good. Was there which any the other side? They're using sauce and they're using. Um, well, you can I think get Michael- a Bernays, a Bordelais, a Hollandaise. There's all the mother sauces that you can really kind of shoot off of. Michael was using a lot of the uh, just the hot sauce. Oh, He's yeah, a hot sure. sauce guy, so using hot sauce. The and then the same thing happened for the dessert as it did with the soup. Michael said the pudding is unbelievable. Pudding, pudding. for everybody. And then everybody got a chance to look at the dessert menu, and I'll there was only the two puddings. <laughs> there were only two puddings that were ordered. That sounds fun, Al. No, it was awesome. Those it, stories it, that you can't tell, I'm going to need those for you when you get back to uh, L.A. I'm going to, I'm going to hold the, you to that. The company was great. Michael was great. And uh, wine was flowing. So we had an awesome night. All right. That sounds awesome. What is not awesome is Dustin May left the game yesterday while we were on the air. Uh, he pitched one inning. The Dodgers announced that he had elbow soreness. Um, he's going to be on the I.L. for at least a month. Um, we'll, we'll come back to that in, in, in a second. Um, this is much worse news than it looks like at a glance. Dodgers ended up winning the game. Altman hits a grand slam and he, yep. he's, you know, still having a really nice start to his career. Um 
this is more than just a guy who was pitching well for you this year got hurt and he's going to miss some time. This this he was kind of the the fulcrum of this entire rotation that Julio and Kershaw have been lights out so far this season more often than not right Julio is about as close to money in the bank as you're going to find in baseball he takes the ball every fifth day pitches really well you just kind of say okay you're going to get what you get from Julio Kershaw has been great but we also know that Kershaw he's not making 35 starts a year it's just it's just not who he is anymore so he's going to miss some time at some point that's just how it is Gonsolin coming back from an injury at the end of last season and coming back from an injury at the beginning of this season that fifth spot Cindergard has been kind of all over the place mediocre at best probably a little bit less than that May's been the guy that's kind of been allowed you to push the back half of your rotation further out there he pitches deep into games he pitches really well it's almost two years to the day since he got hurt the first time with the Tommy John injury and had to get it repaired. They're saying a month. It'll probably be longer. When he comes back, you got to restart all over again. It's almost like starting spring training again. You start to stretch him out. That puts you somewhere in late July, early August. You're going to be holding your breath every single time he goes out there because it's an elbow injury with a guy that just has this unbelievable arm action along the way. Now, if Kershaw goes down, if anything happens to Julio, you got Tony Gonsolin who throws that split finger, so you're always kind of worried about that pitch because that's kind of an elbow shredder along the way. And then you've got a bunch of kids at the back end and a guy in Noah Syndergaard who you never really know what you're going to get. Losing that guy in the middle is more than just losing one of your arms. It kind of changes your entire rotation. It was incredibly bad news for the Dodgers yesterday. What Wasn't it um, coming into the season, a lot of the conversation was the Dodgers don't really have margin for error here. Not right? in that spot. And then, well, and even Lux goes down. And yeah. You're like, no, 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 no. There's already no margin for error. You can't lose Gavin Lux. Um, and they've figured out ways to – not just stay in the mix, but really, really thrive. I mean, they're 12 games over 500. Uh, they've built up somewhat of a cushion in the NOS, but you're talking about big picture here, and big picture for the Dodgers. Um, this is devastating news, and it's I, I, awful. I hate the the one month kind of putting that out as a timetable. It just, um, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know how to put this, but creates maybe expectations where. Oh well, he's got to be back in a month, right? Mm-hmm. No, he's got to be right. And, and I and listen, I, I know the Dodgers aren't going to put him back out there unless he is healthy and unless he can go and everything else. But it just uh, it's another it's another obstacle for the Dodgers that has started since before the season started, and they have found ways to navigate and thrive, not survive, but thrive. But this is, you know, this is one of your pitchers that you. I'm sure every Dodger fan, when he gets the ball yeah. and you know he's going out on the mound, okay, hey, we got a legitimate chance of winning this game. Well, you just you can only ask your organization, right? And I'm making finger quotes when I say it to pick up the slack so many times, right? Dylan Covey yesterday is a journeyman guy, spent a lot more time in the minor leagues than the major leagues, hadn't pitched in the big leagues in a couple of years, and they throw him out there yesterday and kind of a okay, not expected to pitch nearly as much as he did yesterday. He pitches five innings and he pitches great. And he just he just instantly, this is a guy that was available to almost anybody that wanted him, and it worked out. And we've seen them do it over and over again. You've got Bobby Miller in the minor leagues. You've got Gavin Stone in the minor leagues. You've got Pepio, who's currently hurt. You've got Michael Grove, who's currently hurt. You've got all these guys down there that you just keep pulling them up. Gonsolin was one of those guys a couple of years ago, and they keep hitting. It just it, does, it doesn't work. I'm just so nervous 
that eventually their ability to always have an answer to a problem that would really damage most teams runs out. And like you said, Sleet, they've had so many other things happen to them, and they're in first place. they got the best record in the National League. They're doing all of these things, but this feels incredibly significant. Kershaw is going to miss time. He just is, and he should. Right, that Julio is the only guy that I feel comfortable saying, yeah, Julio's going to make a bunch of starts this year and pitch well in the vast majority of them. Everyone else has a giant question mark on him, and the guy that you've had your fingers crossed with would be kind of the second guy that could take the ball a bunch of times, thirty times or so. He's going to miss a whole bunch of time. It's you, you can only take so many body blows before it starts to to rear its head. They, they won. They're going to St. Louis. They're going yeah. to Atlanta. They're going to Tampa. We'll see how they do. And they've been able to do everything else this month. So who knows? But it felt like a really, really tough day yesterday. So I'll say this about the Dodgers that, you know, I think if there's good news, we're in May. So at least you got some time, even if he misses two months, you got some time to get him back. And I think the Dodgers have also shown this is part of their character. And I think this is part of the reason why they have the best record in the NL. Um, challenge after challenge, uphill climb after uphill climb. There's nothing that I feel like gets in front of the Dodgers, and it seems like it's too much for them. That doesn't mean that um, it doesn't mean that okay, hey, it can't catch up to them. But if this is if this happened to another organization, they probably there's a lot of excuses that come up. They start crumbling. For the Dodgers, they just continue to feel like to, to grow as far as their character goes, as far as their their fight goes. So at least this is May, and this their is culture. not happening in late August. Their culture is everything in this situation. Yeah. So earlier in the segment, you were talking about your essential dream dinner. I think if you if we asked you what your dream dinner was before last night, it probably would have been that. But Chris Holmes weighs in and says, on this Denver trip covering a great if playoff Diva, series. If Lottie's not there, I don't, we're not even talking about it. <laughs> well, then you'd be sitting in the smoking section. <laughs> Catching a baseball game, dinner with the guys, and when you stop to look in the mirror, when you get back to your Airbnb, do you say, wow, this is the life? Or, God, I got to get back to Travis. I miss him. <laughs> I think I know the answer to that. <laughs> the answer is, bro, get some sleep. You got to hurry up. There's a busy day tomorrow. <laughs> Call your girl and go to bed. That's what That's what I did when I looked in the mirror. I Those days that are so great, like the one you had yesterday, you, you really got to lean into them, right? It, because they don't come around very often, where you just have... You got a little bit of work. You got a lot of fun. You talk with yeah. interesting people. You get a great meal, and at the end of the day, you're like, you know what? If I get ten more of those in my life, that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good life. They don't come around all that often. Good the job. Bill Mike. comes around, and Michael's like, "Give me well, the that, bill." That's so, what I'm saying. And we're like, "Hey, can we help?" He's like, uh, "No, you guys are fine." Everything right. that we talked about, you didn't. You, you had a four dollar ticket. You went to dinner at a really nice place, and a really nice, generous seats. guy took care of it for you. Slee had the winning day. Yesterday. Good night. Here's the good news for the Dodgers. They've been in a similar position before, and they aced the test. Can they do it again? That's next. Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Emily, I can only assume that you're picking first again because you always do. Hey. She's first and third. (laughs) I'm trying to be open. I'm not going to be so secretive. I'm inviting you into the lottery ball of it all. (laughs) And so, (laughs) yeah, Greg picked again in the order. I am second. I don't trust Greg. She's only second this time. You know who's first and who's last? When has she been last? Okay, last is good. Last is actually a good position. Not in a three-way. Anyway, that's you go ahead. But Travis, you're first. Oh, Alan good. is fourth. But this is a very Sorry, deep draft, so I feel like we're not going to be as conflicting as we might think. Got some age discrepancy in this one too. I think we're all going to go for our eras. But I'm a deep. I'm a deep SNL historian. SNL? Like okay. I will pick older stuff. Are you on Ireland's level? I like. I've watched every episode of SNL ever, and I have read this like thousand page book or 700 page book or whatever about the history of snl so i know it a bit um but damn yeah i have, I have deep knowledge so you guys are going to the laker game on saturday so yeah. obviously you're gonna, you're gonna have some company both taylor okay. and emily are gonna be in the house on saturday uh, is, i'm assuming it's at night right saturday night you guys are gonna be yeah. in the building yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be a little Travis and Sliwa representation. Nice. I have only been to one NBA game since I've been here. I went to one preseason game, then I went to one regular season game okay. last year. So I'm super excited to go see a Western Conference final game. It's crazy. What about I, you, Taylor? I know you guys building, were going. That's awesome. Not having the Kings in the building. How do I'm you, still how in do you denial react? about that, by the way. Um, but I love NBA basketball. I love to watch it live, especially. And I'm excited for the game. Do you root for the Lakers? I Do you root, root for, for a nuggets? good game. <laughs> That's <Trav>. a no. <laughs> I just want to see a good That's game. That's a no. He could get himself kicked out of the. Uh, the are you are you going on a ticket, a credential? How's it working? Uh, yeah, media credential. Okay, yeah. So you got to be going to hang out in the suite with Emily and yeah. you know see some good basketball. So are you going to show him the ropes? I don't know because I have a feeling you know Jokic is going to have. 18 in the first quarter, and there I just see Taylor with his shirt off, swinging his shirt around. <laughs> like, Taylor, Dancing on what are we doing grave. here, man? Well, look, that game could be... It's like, I love Michael Malone. You've <laughs> never mentioned him before. <laughs> hey, he used to coach the Kings. Yeah, see? Uh, that's right, that's right. He, he was DeMarcus Cousins' buddy, right? They got along. He was the, the first only, guy. Yeah, the be... only coach that DeMarcus ever liked. <laughs> exactly right. Um, if the Lakers come home tomorrow or tonight, with a uh, 1-1 split, that place is going to be rocking. Oh, yeah. If they lose tonight and they come down in a 0-2 hole, it's going to be rocking, but also with a real heavy dose of uh-oh in the air that this goes from we're throwing a party to we're throwing a party, but we need to make sure that this thing goes a certain way or this could be the last party we throw for a long time. Yeah, nervousness, absolutely. Right? I mean, it's sad. Actually, I like that setup because 1-1 – you're feeling good. Can I can I go back to something yesterday too? Miami beat Boston. Yeah. It, it, Miami could make it to the NBA Finals. And listen, maybe it makes me think. Go look at that Miami Heat roster. There, they've been awesome. They've been overachieving. They play great defense. They do this. They do that. But remarkably beatable. So just to play off of what you just said right there, 
You also, if you come in and the series is tied one apiece by the time you come in on Saturday, you know the next two games are going to be at crypto. Yeah. You know that there's a dogfight in the Eastern Conference. At least it looks like that's what it's going it, to. That's what it's going to be. Trav, you kind of start. You know, it, this has happened a few different times in the playoffs where you taste it a little bit more. Like, wow, wait, this actually can happen. Mm-hmm. I know they got a long way to go, but just seeing that Miami beat the Celtics yesterday, I'm like, man, maybe it's not Boston in the NBA Finals. Well, it, it changed, right? It went from most of the season. It was, okay, when you look at the East, Milwaukee's the best team over there. The Celtics are really, really good. And, oh, by the way, Philly seems to have figured some things out. Those are three heavyweights on one side of the draw. Well, fast forward to the Eastern Conference Finals. Now Miami has a one nothing lead. That's not – I understand – look, they're hot and they're playing really well and Jimmy Butler is just amazing in what he's able to do. But the Heat aren't super scary the way that some of those other teams were. The West, the West was – yeah, I don't know. It seems like everybody's just kind of okay. That, that is it Dallas? Is it Phoenix? Is it is it Memphis? Is it the Nuggets? Is it hey the Lakers are playing well all of a sudden? Hey though, don't sleep on the Warriors. There was never the team to beat, and now here you are in in the middle of May, Western Conference Finals game two tonight, and it feels like whoever wins the West is probably the team to beat. It, it really changed just with, through the first two rounds of the playoffs. From Milwaukee gets clipped right away, Philly loses in the second round. And the Lakers look like they're playing the best, and the number one seed in the West is still alive. Lakers take care of business tonight. Got to come back one-one. Yeah, the, the more you mentioned this earlier in the show, the more you it's think huge. about it. It's the, huge, the, and it's not even just the series is tied one apiece. I, I could see Denver. You know, they start getting in their own head. They start losing some confidence. They start doubting themselves. But if you're up two-zero. They're telling themselves, guys, we're we're the team to beat in the Western Conference. It's not LeBron and Anthony Davis. Well, two zero with two wins at home, and you you the the magic or whatever you want to call it, the 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 little thing, the adjustment that the Nuggets found, or excuse me, the Lakers found. Yeah, so much for that. You lost again, right? They, and the pucker factor gets less the further you go into it. That was the first time the Nuggets had been in, in a in a situation where, hey, you're really supposed to win. You had a big lead. If this thing craters, you blew it, and you blew it because you panicked at the worst possible time. If they had blown it, obviously that just kind of snowballs on itself. They didn't. They were able to kind of pull out of that nosedive. If they come in tonight and win a game, now whatever positive feelings the Lakers had are way out the window, way, way, way out the window. I know they're coming home, but my goodness – it is a huge game. Even though it's just game two, if game one meant that much more for the Nuggets, the game tonight means that much more for the Lakers. I'm looking here while you're you know, kind of going through everything you're saying. I'm just trying to look here. Rockies, they do not play tonight. Okay. <laughs> Let's see, maybe I catch a couple innings. Oh, catch I, thought, a couple innings. I thought you were looking to see if they would catch the Padres today to see if they're playing because they're only a game behind. Did that okay. usher tell you never to come back again? <laughs> he did. Didn't you get the lesson? Okay, listen. Um, I put out, by the way, and Trev, you, basically you guys kind of saw it because I, I had the picture when I sent to you guys with a blue moon, but um, I put up that picture of the uh, at uh, Rocky or at Coors Field. Uh-huh. They're literally, I don't think I was paying attention to it when I actually took the photo. There might be six people in front of me and there might be 25 rows in front of me. It's like they were playing for you. Like they were putting on a private game. Like you invited them. You know, like when a band gets bad and they'll start doing private parties. Like they they had it going on thirty years ago, but now they don't quite have the appeal. So state fair. You you could come get them to play the state fair or your birthday party, right? That's what they did yesterday. The Rockies and Reds said, you know, let's just put on a little show for Slee. We hear okay. Slee's in town. Let's give him a ball game. 
you said something about Rockies and the NL West standings. Yeah, game behind um, the pods. For we got last an place. issue, buddy. <laughs> there's a there's a real problem down in San Diego. There's a they, uh, they, you're pulling they, into town. Yeah. No, 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 no. They they got a real problem. I, I there's zero chemistry. Nothing. Like there is. They, you, it's impossible to have that lineup and be as bad as they are. They're worst in Major League Baseball batting average. They're worst with runners in scoring position. Um, shout out Trent Grisham that every time he came up yesterday, uh, swung and missed with bases loaded. Really just solid work from him. Um, but, I, I, Trav, I, I'm, I'm not kidding when I tell you this. I know it's early. I know we kind of still had the conversation. Everything's fine. It's good. They're going to turn around this, that. I think they have some really, really big issues. I don't know what the answer is, but they have zero chemistry together. There is zero fight in that team. Um, a, a t- and th- this is actually this is why when I say we're, we're, we're talking about the Dodgers and you're talking about the Dustin May situation, yep. the Dodgers have had so many things thrown their way. And you said something about just the organization, the chemistry, everything else. Culture. It is a complete opposite outlook couple hours south down in San Diego. All right, I want to, I'm going to put a pin in that. I want to come back to it because I think you bring up some good points. And the difference, never mind the talent, but the culture of the two places I think is incredibly stark. And just to put a button on what we are talking about with the Dodgers a second ago, they're in a position to do what they did a couple of years ago where they went and they got Scherzer and Turner at the trade deadline. They'd have to make a trade for different reasons, but they could do something very similar. Corbin Burns and Willie Adamas in Milwaukee – both of those guys see Burns wants out. He, he's at odds with the Padres. He's a free agent at the end of the year. Sound familiar like Max Scherzer. You've got Willie Adamas at short, who's got one more year under team control after this year. The Brewers probably don't want to have to pay either one of those guys. They're not going to get to pay Burns. The Dodgers could maybe get a little bit of a break on some of those guys. The Padres, excuse me, the Brewers are in first place, which makes it a little bit more complicated to get rid of a couple of their guys. But a similar trade to what they did with the Nats last year is is out there if the Dodgers want to go do it. Are you allowed to make trades twelve games over five hundred before June first? Is that is that not in? They like kind of any... need to, don't they? They kind of need. I want I want to make sure that that eight game lead they have becomes an eighteen game lead. That's really might not what have I'm to wait long. For. We'll talk about that culture coming up in just a little bit. But coming up next, it's Factor Cap. It's Travis Lee, seven ten, ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. 
Hey guys, we were talking about like, you know, the Miami Celtics series and how Miami's come back and all that good stuff. But if you're the script writers of the NBA right now, do you really want a Miami versus Denver finals? Okay, that's one thing that we have in our advantage in the back pockets is the script writers of the NBA for the Lakers and the Celtics or even the Lakers the Heat to get back together. Do we know where Scott Foster's doing his next work? <laughs> do we have we gotten a read on that yet? I have not seen the. Uh, <laughs> I do know that he will officiate games in the Western Conference Finals sure or Eastern Conference Finals, but not really sure which game it is. Yeah, do you the know official Al? script does not come out uh, <laughs> right. for another couple days, so they're still working on the script right now. Exactly, they're seeing how this pans out today. All right, so um, I don't know if you guys saw this last night, but in the after the game interview with Jimmy Butler, uh, they were showing a highlight in the background, and a one of his shots went in. And someone zoomed in on the face of a referee in the background, and the referee in the background looked as if he, he looked like he was like, "Dang it!" As the ball went into the uh, basket, he didn't say "Dang it," but his that? his eye roll, his body language looked as if "Dang it" was essentially the like he uh, lost a bet method. All right, so that would never happen. <laughs> that referee looked like his mom told him that there was food at home when he asked for McDonald's. <laughs> Travis Patrick Cap. <laughs> Ah, uh, fact. He did look like that. I, I, I want to, want to go back to something you said though. You saw it as oh, I can't believe that that went in, like almost like disappointment or resignation. That oh, that's not what I wanted. When I first saw it, because I saw the story going around, you said hey, you got to look at this video. I looked at it as he saw something amazing and went like, wow, I can't believe I just saw what I just saw. That while the referees are supposed to be impartial and with Scott Foster aside, I guess that most of them are most of the time. I didn't read that as, I can't believe that m- something bad happened to me. It was more, I can't believe I saw what I just saw. So, I that, yes, that was the look, but I think for a different reason. Al? It's a fact. Uh, those were some of the most disappointing moments, right? When you thought, hey, let's just uh, let's just go. I, I remember one day, I'm going to bring this up. We're going deep, deep down into the soul. I remember one day uh, for my birthday, we, um, I wanted to go to McDonald's, and we got a chance to go to McDonald's. But then I was going to go play in the uh, in the balls, the right? Ball you pit. know, the yeah, the ball pit. Sure. And mom's like, uh, "No, we got to get home." I'm like, mom, what are you talking about? It's my birthday. <laughs> um, if that's not the same feeling that that referee had, I don't know what it is because his reaction was the same reaction when I didn't get to go into the ball pit. Al, uh, t- uh, Taylor, <laughs> did you say you had to go home because there was a big surprise, like a big? New bike or t- no? It was like that was it. We, you know, we did do it. His we, yeah, we we, we <laughs> birthday's sorry. over, brother. <laughs> sorry, Slee. Uh, I'm cap on this. Okay, I I know that there are crooked refs in the NBA, but I think I'm kind of with Trav. I think that he was just a fan of the game first and foremost because that's what I mean. We forget that these guys love basketball. That's probably why they got into refing in the first place. Right. Can I just go back to the ball pit real quick, Slee? <laughs> that you guys will all experience this at some point or another when your children go into the ball pit and they come out you're going to want to basically hose them off with Purell. That the idea of putting that child out of the ball pit right back into your vehicle yep. is a non-starter. Yep. So get get a fire hose full of Purell and, and, and clean those kids up before you put them back in your car. They will also be missing socks or <laughs> hair ties. Yeah, like They'll be missing sure. anything that's not literally attached to their bodies. Yuck. All right, so uh, the next installment of the Fast and Furious series comes out this weekend. Fast Can't X. Can't wait. All right, yeah, you have your tickets already, Al? Yep. Yep, exactly. You're going to be right in the front row where you like to sit when you watch movies in the theater. Um, all right, so uh, here's the situation. 
You would rather get in a car with someone in the Fast and Furious franchise when they're driving as fast as they are over all these things and flying through the air. You'd rather drive with them than get in a plane with someone from Top Gun. Alan, factor cap. Uh, fact, I'd rather get in the car. Yeah, it, the car. I, I'll take the car. Anything that is touching the ground, I just feel a little bit more safe. But these right? fly. I, I still take my chances with that. <laughs> I feel like in Top Gun or I feel like some of those uh, – uh, that I'm not accustomed to with 0.0% am I accustomed to that, at least in a car. All right, there's a little bit more familiarity. Give me the car. No thank you on the plane. Trev? The jet. So I would assume that me flying in a Top Gun aircraft would at least increase my chances of going to the bar where Penny Benjamin is holding court. <laughs> so of course. I, uh, Always an angle. I, I would pick the Top Gun flight. But there are for, also some pretty women in the Fast and Furious franchise. There, there are, but Jennifer Conley, I don't believe, is in that franchise. So okay. I would choose to go the other direction. Here's the other thing. Five seconds after my, my, my jet takes off, leaves off the uh, aircraft carrier... I pass out out of terror. It's just, it's just over. G-forces. Right? So I pass out immediately, and then the thing lands, and they shake me, and I wake back up, and I never even really had to deal with any of it. I would be awake the entire time because of everything that's going on in the car. So for those two reasons, I want uh, I want the Top Gun flight. Taylor? Fact, yeah. I think Vin Diesel said it best. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. I'm going to go with Fast and Furious because... I feel like they're never going to die. Give me a main character and I'm going to live. So I'll be fine. I'll be safe. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, so today is National Clean Dishes Day. All right. So dishes are your least favorite chore. Taylor, factor cap. Uh, cap, I don't mind doing the dishes. If it's if it's my own dishes, I don't mind doing that at all. Um, or, you know, if somebody cooked for me or something like that, then I'll do the dishes for them. But I don't like doing right, it. Right, Travis? <laughs> Like how it should be, how a good child should behave, doing the dishes for really making me feel like a lousy dad all of a sudden. (laughs) (laughs) Just you know, be more of a disciplinarian, Trav. That's what you need. I don't have it in me. Put the fist down. Um, (laughs) I think taking the garbage out for other people that don't do it is my my least favorite. Trav. So today, this is risky. Susan's off today, so there's a chance she's listening to the show right now. So I got to be careful of how I put this. I don't mind doing the dishes at all. It's actually kind of zen, just kind of clean them, put them over there, dry them off, put them away. It's kind of a mindless activity that allows you to just think about other And you know things. they're clean, too, if and you, you do know it yourself. They're clean. I, don't, I really, truly don't mind doing it all that much. And the idea of cleaning a bathroom is the single worst thing that I can think of. So yep. give me the dishes 100 times out of 100. Alan? Um yeah, I'm cap on this one too. Dishes are one of the few things I don't mind doing. Yeah. Like I'm I'm fine with doing it. I always somehow find a way to put an iPad in front of me and I'll do the dishes and I'm watching a game or something. Like it's fine, Cavs, no problem. Cavs magic? If, if, Hornets Hawks? <laughs> I don't think I saw those games specific, but you know what I'm talking about. Atlanta versus the Wizards on a Saturday. Um, so dishes, not a problem for me. Actually, I, that's the one thing I don't mind. Trav, what you said about the bathroom or even, like, I'm neat. There's a difference between neat and clean. Clean is any dust, any of that stuff, like you're you're finding all – I, I don't do that. I'm more on the neat side. I don't like doing those stuff. Give me dishes all day long, no problem. 
So when I used to work at Chick-fil-A, sometimes I would like to be put onto the dish duty because you get off the floor an hour and a half earlier than you would normally. So like I don't have to interact with uh, customers. I don't have to interact with my fellow employees. I could just put on my headphones and just go at those You're dishes. You're veering into Travis territory. I'm just giving you a heads <laughs> up. And you don't want to nice. interact with the rest of humanity. Right. But the only bad thing is like you'd have to obviously you do all the clean regular dishes and then you do like the raw chicken dishes finally because yeah. of you don't want to have raw chicken water mixed with clean dish water. But the worst thing would be if one of your uh, team members brought back a clean dish while you're in the midst of raw chicken, oh. and then you have to drain everything, clean everything, and then refill everything to do the clean dishes. And I would hate that person if they brought it back to me that night. <laughs> now you know why she doesn't want to be around her coworkers, Al. <laughs> All right. So um, the Premier League has introduced a mic'd up segment or a mic'd up video YouTube thing where you can go look at it on your own time where they have mic'd up VAR officials. So in the midst of when they're looking back on replay, you can hear why they're making this decision, why they're making that decision, and it's kind of an interesting thing to know about. So you would want to see what's going on in the replay truck truck of the NFL. Alan, Dr. Cap. Uh, in a weird way, fact. Yeah, it's kind of interesting with a lot of the, the the reason why I hate replays, the reason why I think a lot of people hate replays. Let me use the fourth quarter of the Lakers Nuggets in oh game one. Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh my gosh, a game wouldn't end. Yeah. And and it was also Lakers again at the foul line, but there's replays, there's just that. The reason why I don't like it, you don't like it, nobody likes it is cuz there's nothing to do in between. There's no we don't we, it's not like we're behind the scenes and we get to see what's happening. It's not like I know they show the replay, but the replay God bless them. They're showing the same replay 40 times, and it takes seven minutes to decide something that you can probably react to in 30 seconds. Anything to entertain me while that's going on, I'm in. So, yes, I'll take it. Uh, Travis? I- I'm going to say fact, but for a different reason. I think that if we had what you're describing, it would accelerate what I'm actually hoping happens, which is the abolition of replay altogether. That when you get into frame by frame, right? Well, you can see on, one sliver. Take. No, no, no. One sliver of daylight here and this one micro frame of a shot. That's not what this is for. This was to fix massive errors. This was to fix Don Dankinger calling a guy out at first base that would have won a team the World Series. Instead, they called him safe, and the Royals come back to win the whole thing. It was supposed to fix that. It's supposed to fix that guy, I think is something Galarraga, Armando Galarraga, I think, who threw a perfect game for the Tigers. They blew an, a, a huge mistake on the last batter of the game. They called him safe, and the no-hitter, or perfect game, went up in smoke. It's supposed to fix things like that, not to be a forensic scientist. And I see if we get into all of this, and we see how stupid it all is, we'll eventually get to, yeah, this is pretty dumb. Let's just go back to call in the field stands, and sometimes bad calls happen. Isn't it about getting it right, though? But we're not getting it right. There are so many times where you know the ball was a catch, or you know it was a fumble, or whatever it is, but because of this very specific interpretation of the rule combined with this very specific frame of video that we have now because of all this high-speed HD stuff that wasn't meant to fix that. So it here, was meant to fix giant errors. Trav, on top of that, too, I, I know what you're saying, I'm get it right. The problem is there's no flow to the game anymore. I, I'm going to use the fourth quarter as an example again. Here's a playoff game that's exciting, and we're stopping every 30 seconds, and 
the, the, just the, any flow or electricity that you have completely goes away. Any Every replay should be tennis or get rid of it. Is it in or is it out? We're going to use the computer and we're done here. But there's That's so much it. more nuance to things I, like NFL and NBA than there is then to tennis. Then let's move on from it. Taylor? Fact. I think it disrupts the, moment, or it disrupts the momentum of the game. Um, and I, I don't know. I think that ignorance is bliss, too, to a certain degree. I think that these networks kind of just... They dwell on a, a certain play and they replay it so many times. I think if we didn't even know, then we wouldn't care. But I don't know. All right, Adam. So I want to go back to what you were talking about with the pods and their culture or lack thereof relative to the Dodgers because I'm not in full panic mode for your Padres yet, but you should be. That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Okay, and then we got to make sure here because now is the time. Banner number 18 is so close that you can taste it. Trav and I are getting you ready for game day with the assist from Pizza Hut. Caller number 18 right now is getting a $100 Pizza Hut gift card. Uh, that's a lot of damage that we could do, Trav, with $100 to get you ready for game day, your game day watch party. So however you're going to watch the game, make sure that you got Pizza Hut for the game. Caller right now, 877-710-ESPN. Again, it's caller number 18, 877-710-ESPN. Download the Pizza Hut app or order online at pizza.com to get your favorite pizza at a price you love. No one out pizzas the hut. We'll talk about the uh, Padres and the Dodgers coming up next day right here. Travis and Sliwa Show, 710 ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh for two, Slee. I didn't win the pizza again. Carlos Estrada was our second winner, so congratulations right. to you, Carlos. Enjoy your uh, your pizza. Send Al a slice and Taylor a whole pie and Emily and I a whole pie, and we'll all eat some pizza and watch the Lakers tonight. It's pretty pretty exciting, Slee. D'Angelo Russell should probably guard somebody at some point tonight. That, oh, that'd geez. be a good start. <laughs> I just just like I'm not saying you got to turn into Gary Payton, but can can we just not be a turnstile? Is that too much to ask? No, it's not too much to ask. And that's why we said when we started the show, hey, let's have more of a defensive type of team to start the game. Let's use that size that the Lakers have. Uh, I think I think Denver had the best offense in the NBA this year. Okay, sounds good. Throw some defense out there. I I, I, I wouldn't actually I wouldn't be surprised if D'Lo does start, but I also really? wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't start. Yeah, I I, I would. I would be surprised that there was a very obvious problem at the beginning of that game. It, it was not – you did not have to be Hubie Brown to understand what was happening at the beginning of that game. And I'm, I'm sorry, that's on coach too. It, 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 it abso- the starting it, lineup was the wrong starting lineup. You're right. Darvin Ham put the wrong guys out there, but it was – you know, you heard the, the Nuggets after the game where Brown was saying, look, we went right at D'Lo. Right, that he's he's you know he's, he tries as best he can, but we went right at him. We made him try to side. He was the the weakest link in that chain. Yes, they were the wrong guys. I, I'm not arguing that, but he was the one that they really targeted. He's the one that in his career has notoriously been a below average defender. Mm-hmm. He's got to be better. That like we've talked about, this is not the Lakers need to 
beat them by being better than they were offensively last game. The Lakers nope. were like a 9.5 out of 10 offensively in game one. They still lost. They need to fix the other half of that. I'm willing to give away a little O for a lot more D, and D-Lo is nothing but O and no D, so he seems like the easy one to move out of that. And, and by the way, if you fall behind and you need to knock down some threes, that's when you bring him in. If you get into a firefight and you got to knock down a bunch of buckets in a row, he's probably your best bet to knock down threes, and you go there. But I definitely wouldn't start him. So D'Angelo started during the series against the Warriors, right? So he's in the starting lineup for that. Lakers had to go small. I think D'Lo was – first off, you could hide D'Lo a little bit better – when you just use the, I mean, the, the the for me the things that stood out more than anything else, you had Reeves trying to guard Michael Porter. What? Why are we doing that? Why are we having? What? Why is He's giving up? What five inches? Well, here's the worst part. It's not like the Warriors had to play a certain way because they didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. The Lakers actually, this is the um, the luxury that they have. They could go small. They could go big. Uh, but th- th- let me let me say this. I don't want to make it sound like I'm defending D'Angelo Russell like he is Gary Payton. What I'm trying to tell you was. I thought there were other issues other than D'Lo, but if D'Lo does not start tonight, I'm not doing the pregame say, you know, saying, oh my gosh, this is the big... No, no, I, that's fine. I get it. The, go defense to start the game, and then as the game goes up, you can make your adjustments as what you What are go. the other issues? Um, just the, you know, we talked about the three-guard lineup, right? The, the three-guard lineup of having three guys to start the game. You put, you just... You created this hole for yourself that I did not think was necessary. I thought they got a little bit too cute. I thought the idea and the concept of using the same lineup against the Warriors didn't make sense to me. And I don't think they're going to do that again. I, I, no, think- I, I don't either, but this is why it's got to be D'Lo because Reeves isn't coming off. Right, and and so your choice is between, and you're going to go bigger in that other spot, whether it's Hachimura or whether it's Vanderbilt, you're going to go bigger there. So one of those two guys takes one of the other guard spots, which leaves one more guard spot, and D'Lo is the the clear answer to me of the the odd man out right here. Not that he's not going to play. He's going to get minutes, but I need Dennis Schroeder to do what he does, which is Dennis Schroeder competes on that end of the court a lot more than D'Angelo Russell does. Just to, just to give you an idea here, I don't think D'Lo would be the odd man out. I think it would just go back to their regular starting lineup. It would be Schroeder coming off the bench, right? That Schroeder's basically came off the bench for the Lakers for the most part all season long. So it's actually just going back to the lineup that you had against Memphis. It's mm-hmm. going back to the lineup that you had, and that's if you want to use what do you Vanderbilt. Get, like, why why him instead of Schroeder? Just to keep continuity. Is that is that the argument for that? Um. No, I, I think it's just another weapon. Uh, that's it. And I think there's there's part of it is also Dennis Schroeder's – he's going to end up playing 28, 30 minutes anyways. He's going to end up being in big situations. We've seen plenty of games where Schroeder closed out a game because D'Lo wasn't playing well. Like I, I think the sometimes we make too big of a deal of the starting lineup, but ultimately your best fives are going to be – I, I think actually the team that you're talking about with Rui and Dennis Schroeder – there's a really, really good chance that's who closes the game for the Lakers, right? So you're basically saying, hey, your best five, you put them to start the game. Whether they all start or not, I think there's a good chance that those five will be there to close I, the game. I, I'm with you, Al. I, think, I don't think that the starting lineup is like that thing that it might have been in the past where you know, you're the starter and all these things. You think about the great Laker teams in Showtime, Mike Cooper never started, and he yeah. was never not on the court at the end of a game. That the closing group is much more important than the starting group. I'm with you. Lamar Odom. But, uh, sure, but, but yeah. let, let's be specific about this particular group. 
the reason they fell behind by 18 points in the first half, the reason that they were trying desperately to catch up was a defensive problem. So let's make sure that we don't build a hole again. And obviously going bigger with Hachimura Vanderbilt will help yep. that a little yep. bit. But I just think if we're prioritizing defense, let's prioritize defense. Let's not go halfway. Let's go full way and lean on LeBron, lean on AD, lean on Reeves to get some of these buckets. And by the way, Hachimura has been pretty good offensively too. Yeah, it's not just that he's been good on Jokic, which he was. He, he was 8 he of made, 11 from the field. He was a, he was a weapon offensively. Mm-hmm. I still think you have more than enough offense. That's why I just think defense has got to be the odd, the odd guy out because and the one thing he does well, you already got a pretty decent amount of that. If he's the odd man out, I don't think there are going to be Laker fans lining up and saying, oh, we really screwed up for this starting lineup. So I, I don't think that would be the case. So I was listening to uh, a podcast the other day, and Michael Lombardi was on, a former NFL executive, and he was going on and on about how much he hates the Philadelphia 76ers culture. And I, as I'm listening to it, I'm thinking, this is the Padres. That you can't That's just buy a thing. And for different reasons, right? He was talking about how you developed a culture of losing where just the process was the thing and there was never an emphasis on winning. There was never an emphasis on doing things the right way and it just kind of permeates the whole building. But he kept talking about culture and it kept reminding me of the Padres. You To just buy good players, sure, but Mookie fits the culture of the Dodgers. Freddie Freeman fits the culture of the Dodgers. Trey Turner came in and fit the culture of the Dodgers. That the guys that they do go out and get understand how they do things in Los Angeles, and the guys that come up through the chain understand how they do things in Los Angeles. The Padres, it's an incredibly impressive pickup team that's still trying to figure out who's in charge, how it works, how do we play, who's the leader of this thing. Culture matters, and the Padres are an incredibly good example of if it's bad, I don't care how good your players are. Well, okay, let me ask you this. I think they had really unique chemistry last year where I felt like they got actually closer as the season gone on. And then when Tatis gets his suspension, uh, he's out 80 games or whatever, and you knew he wasn't going to be a part of the mix, I almost felt like in a way that, that drew that team closer. And this is with Machado, and this is with Soto, and this is with um, Darvish and Cronenworth and Godin Musgrove and everything sure. else. My my confusion with the Padres is this. You think Xander Bogarts did not help the culture of the San Diego Padres? No. I don't either. But, like he's, I, but he's also not a part of the culture. Whatever their culture is, he's an outsider. He came from somewhere else. Soto came from somewhere else. Machado came from somewhere else. Uh, Darvish has been in, in, what I don't know what it is, four or five different other major league teams that they're not kind of baptized, for lack of a better word, in the way that we do things here. There is no culture. Not that so, he's bad for it. It's that it doesn't exist. So I know it's maybe not ideal, but – can't you create culture as you go because there are new people and there are new pieces and you're trying to figure out, I hate to use the word, who's the alpha? Is it, well, who's in charge of creating the culture, right? Is it the manager? Is it the GM? Is it your best player? Who is the one? Well, we should continue to talk about okay. this. This is good because the two differences are stark and one team is thriving and the other one is really struggling to find their footing. And they're a game out of last place in their division, which is I know. I saw the really, Rockies really yesterday. Shot. I watched the whole thing. It was the, 11 Well, the Rockies seven. are in lastly, so you can take a little solace in that. All right, our snake draft of our favorite SNL characters. Coming up next, it's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN.